sins away. Oh, say much I'm glad. From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Wonderful it is today for us to have this privilege to be on this station at this time as we are five days a week, and we're thankful that you've joined us today. It's Friday, and of course we're looking right into the weekend. I hope Sunday comes that you'll find your way to a good church in your area and be a part of what the local church offers to you. The Lord being my helper, I'm scheduled to be at the Charity Baptist Church in Brownstown, Michigan. That's in the suburbs of Detroit. In fact, uh, pretty close there to the Detroit International Airport. And uh, I hope that many of you in Metro Detroit will make your way to be with us. I'll be there all day on Sunday and then Monday night as well. And trust that we'll have a great meeting at the Charity Baptist Church in Brownstown, Michigan. That's this Sunday and Monday. Now, let me remind you as well, the National Sword of the Lord Conference is July 18 through 21 at Walkertown, North Carolina. Mark that on the schedule. We'll talk to you more about that as we get closer to it. But we hope that you'll plan to be with us for that great four-day event. Now, this week, I've been talking to you about one single word. It's the word K-N-O-W, the word know. I use it a lot. I say, I know this, we know this or that. And I think all of us do use the word a lot. Well, here in the Bible, we have this epistle of 1 John. It's only five chapters, and there are 105 verses in those five chapters, and 32 times in 105 verses, that word K-N-O-W, or one version of it like knoweth or knowest, uh, that word is employed. That tells me that there is something significant being stated. And we've looked at that. We've talked about several of the things that the passages teach us. Now, today, we're going to look at a handful of them as we kind of wrap this up. In fact, I think I'll just say this one is telling us, yes, there's a lot that we know. And whenever we start looking, we find here in 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 24, the second part of the verse says, And hereby we know, there's the word, we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. Uh, a similar verse in chapter 4 and verse 13. Hereby know we, there's the word, that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his Spirit. So we're being told that because we are in Christ, the Holy Spirit of God is in us. So we have the Spirit of God present in us because we came to Christ, because we were converted, born again, regenerated, and the Holy Spirit of God took up residence in us. Now, you say, what does that mean? What does that do? Well, if you look at the Gospel of John, you'll find uh, a number of things taught there about the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in us. One other verse here in 1 John, here in chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Ye are of God, little children, and overcome them, talking about the various things in the world that we've overcome, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So this tells us that the Spirit of God is stronger, more powerful than the devil who is at work in the world. Sometimes people say, well, the devil made me do it. Well, the devil's a strong player, no question about that. And he's a pest. He'll pester you. He'll provide all kinds of lures and temptations and throw schemes at you. But the fact is, the Spirit of God is a whole lot stronger. He's bigger. He's grander. 
He in every way is able to overcome the evil one, and the result of that is you and I can be an overcomer as well, and that's what this passage tells us. And having the Spirit of God dwelling in us is a tremendous asset, and we have that because we are in Christ. So we can know that. Now, a second thing in chapter 4 and verse 6 This passage says, Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now yesterday I devoted the entire broadcast talking about the various times here in 1 John that talks about the truth. This passage says the spirit of truth and the spirit of error are two things that we can know. In other words, it's talking here about the discernment principle, the fact that you and I do have, because we're in Christ, and because we have the Holy Spirit in us, and because we have the Word of God to work with, we can ascertain what is truth and what is error. And that literally is something you're going to gain strength in as you grow in the Lord, and you need to, because truth is one thing and error is quite another. And if you literally buy into error, you're going to make some terrible mistakes along the way. You're going to find all kinds of things not working out to your satisfaction. They're not going to work out to your advantage simply because you bought error instead of truth. So this passage says, because we're in Christ, because we have the Holy Spirit, because we have the Word of God, we can know truth and error, both of them. We can identify them. We can know what we're dealing with. So that's very important. And again, the word is K-N-O-W. We can know that. All right, let's look down to verse number 16 in chapter 4, and here we learn another thing. Remember, we're talking about there's a lot of things that we know. Well, yes, we know we have the Holy Spirit. We know the spirit of truth and error. And here the Bible says in verse 16 of chapter 4, and we have known And believe the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. I'm telling you, friends, here is another big four-letter word. That word L-O-V-E. It is a tremendous word. It is a powerful word. It's a big word in the Bible. And whenever you and I come to grips with the fact that even though we are just one little tiny human being, and even though we are sinners from the get-go, by nature we're sinners, and we start practicing that pretty early as well, and even though we have put ourselves at odds with God, the fact is the great God of eternity, the God of creation, the God who provides salvation, He loves us, and you and I can know that. Sometimes, you know, I may meet someone, get acquainted with them, and after a period of time, if someone were to say, "Uh, do you think that person really loves you? You'd have to say, well, I'm not so sure, because maybe there's been incidents, maybe there have been things where they didn't quite communicate themselves well to you or commend themselves well to you, and at the same time, you just are kind of left wondering. Never the case with the Lord. No, you're going to know every step of the way. The more you get acquainted with God, the more you're going to know that He does indeed love you. And dear friend, I'm telling you, you have every reason to come to Christ. You have every reason to embrace Him by faith and receive the salvation that He offers because of the great love that He has for you. I'm telling you, if you'll go where love is, you're going to find that to be a good thing. If you go where hate is, you're going to find that not a pleasant thing. That's not going to be good for you. It's not going to be good for anything. So go where love has been birthed. Go where love is building. Go where love is the norm. And that is something we can know because 
we know the love of God. Then let's look also in chapter 5 and verse 15. This verse tells us something about prayer when it says, We know, there's the word, that he hear us whatsoever we ask. We know, there's the word, that we have the petitions that we desired of him. This is just simply telling us that the God who loves us also lets us talk to him. He lets us pray. He lets us express our desire, our thoughts, make our requests to him. I'm telling you, one of the great privileges of being a Christian is that you can talk to the Lord, you can tell him what's on your heart, and you can wait for the answer that he gives. I'm telling you, God does hear, and he does answer prayer. Look at verse 18. We're just talking about there's a lot of things we know. Verse 18 talks about the matter of sin in the Christian's life. He says, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Well, some folks look at that and they read it and they say, oh, if you're a Christian, you would never, ever sin again. Well, the, the text here is such that it's talking about habitual sin. That is, if a person missteps, they get into sin. Because they're a Christian, they're not going to stay in that habitual sin. They're not going to continue and continue and continue. They'll be convicted about it. They'll be stirred about it. They'll know that they're wrong. And you say, well, how are you sure about that? Well, right here in 1 John, read chapter 1. It says, if any man say that he has no sin, he deceives himself. The truth is not in him. And we certainly do not call God a liar like that passage says we would because we all are sinners. But this passage is talking about habitual sin. If you have come to Christ, it is going to make a difference in your life. In fact, verse 19 makes that distinction as well. One more thing here that we can know when it says, We know we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. So yes, there's a difference. When you come to Christ, it's not going to be the same as the world. We live in a different environment. We live in a different economy. We just live altogether in a little different world than where the world itself lives. Uh, you say, well, are you creating a Christian culture? I sure hope so. I sure hope so. I hope you have a Christian culture at your home. I hope you have a Christian culture at your business. I hope everything you touch, everything that you influence, everything that you have any control over, that you will put a Christian touch on it and really let the world go its own way if it chooses to do so. But we're not going to go that route. We're going to go the route the Lord chooses, and that is the way that is a different way. It is a difference. We can know that. And then one more thing. Verse number 20 says, and we know, there's the word, that the Son of God is come, and listen, we can rejoice in that fact, amen, and had given us an understanding that we may know, there's the word, we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. That verse is simply telling us we can know, we have a true relationship with the Lord, it is a right relationship, it is true, it is good, and it is strong. And we can do that, even though we're mere humans, and He's the great eternal God. You know, sometimes people get into religions where that uh, the God that they embrace is uh, some figment of somebody's imagination, and they always depict that God as something out far in some abstract situation, some uh, cosmic being that has no feelings, no personal attachment to any of us. I'm telling you, that's not the God of heaven. That's not the God of creation that we're talking about. We're talking about God who is very 
personal toward every single one of us. And we can know him. We can know that he's true. We can know that we have the truth and that we walk in him. So today, when I'm walking through and just really touching up the last several things that the Bible says here in 1 John about the things we can know, let me just make one more time a little bit of a summary here. 32 times in five chapters in 105 verses, this word K-N-O-W is employed. And it is employed, and I've emphasized it all the week here, so that you will understand if you do not, and if you do understand that you'll rejoice in it, you can know that you know that you're saved. Yes, you can be sure about the relationship that you have. You can know what the truth is. You can know about your relationship. You can know the difference between truth and error. And the Bible here lays all of that out in very strong, definitive terms so that you and I also may do what we ought to do. Now, here's what happens. When you get to know the things that are available for you to know, that builds confidence. And you ought to be a confident Christian because confidence dispels doubt. And whenever you get doubt dealt with, you'll also be able to diminish weakness. And if you have a propensity for certain temptations, I'm telling you, when you know that you know that you know, it'll strengthen your hand and it'll dispel the doubt and build you up into a strong Christian. And I believe God intends, God wants that every one of us be a strong, faithful, fruit-bearing Christian. And I'm convinced that whether you be man or woman, boy or girl, whether you live here in America or someplace else around the world, you too can be a strong Christian. Well, I thank you for being with me today. We'll have a brand new series come Monday, and I look forward to being back with you right here and spend some time every day on this station at this time. Do find your way to church on Sunday, and I look forward to hearing from you. So do write me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. And of course, we'd like for you to check our website at swordofthelord.com. Lots of good things there for you. And so I look forward to seeing you again Monday. Until then, God bless you. Have a great weekend and a great day today. And goodbye for now.